Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clip and Roll. As always, I am your host, Justin Russo. Joining me again, as is the norm now these days, Tomer is our of clutch points. Tomer Bear. What's going on, buddy? It was nice seeing you on Thursday. First time in a couple, uh, yeah, first time in a couple weeks. How's my guy? How's my, how's my buddy? How you doing? Uh, that's a loaded question, but I'm going to go with good. I'm going to go with good. I'm doing, I'm, I'm well, I'm doing well. So there's a stand-up comedy special on Netflix by this British guy. I can't remember his name. It's like Michael something. And uh, he says, there's only two ways that you're ever able to answer the question, how are you doing? And the only two ways that you can answer are fine and good. If you answer good, you are doing well, but you don't want to tell people how well you're doing to not to make sure that they don't get depressed. But if you say fine, it's because you don't want to burden everyone with your problems because you clearly have a lot of them. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good slash fine. <laughs> you know what? I'll take well, it. <laughs> it was good and bad. Coming out of the All-Star break, ready to get back in this. Uh, I know you love when people say the second half of the season. So, yeah, definitely oh to, to keep this going. I, 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 it killed me the other day when it was, what was this, All Star Saturday when they were doing like Kenny the introduction. Yes. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Smith goes, that's eh, the second half of the season coming up. And I'm like, dude, they've already played like 60 games. I don't know how you, I, I don't think you understand how percentages work or fractions. Like, like, what are we doing? Well, to be fair, you find a lot of the things, a lot of things uh, <laughs> to kind of nitpick at. So, <laughs> although there, you're not wrong. I'm a very miserable person. I hate everything. <laughs> People who know me very well, which at this point you do, I, I, I just, I'm never happy. I, I'm never happy, and I find everything interesting. Am I wrong? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna shit on you. <laughs> this guy, every post game, and I've, I've given him shit for it. He goes, hey, Ty, yada, yada, yada. I was kind of wondering. Because <laughs> I am. I'm wondering uh, about it. My guy's living life wondering. I mean, look, <laughs> life is a wonder. I wonder. Goes to Chick-fil-A. I was kind of wondering if I can get a Chick-fil-A something. Or goes to <laughs> goes to order your Italian food. <laughs> I was kind of wondering if I can get... <laughs> I'm <sighs> thank God we went to Yard House and had a good and I had a nice uh, waiter because that was very cool. After uh, what was that F- Friday? Friday? That was Friday, right? That was Friday. Yeah. Actually, the wee hours of Saturday morning. That's right. That was that was after midnight. Yeah, that was uh, after a pretty big win. Pretty pretty lengthy. I mean, that pretty much capped off a long night of uh, just waiting around. Uh, I think I think our food may have come out quicker than the review did. Uh, took to figure out during the the Lakers Clippers game, um, yeah, I actually can say that with like a hundred percent certainty. From the time that we ordered to the time that we got our food, it was quicker than the eighteen minutes it took to review that final uh, twenty four second. Uh, uh, you know, the out of bounds. I think we got into Yard House, ordered, drank, ate, and left faster than the final thirty seconds of that game. <laughs> That's it's possible, close. Yeah. It's 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 pretty close. 
So on, what we're talking about is Friday night. The Clippers beat the Lakers 105-102. They also beat time because the end of that game, um, there's going to be an oral history of that game that you know someone's going to end up writing years down the road because we're all psychotic and write about everything. Um, it'll detail exactly what took place, and it'll end up saying that you know no one knew anything and we're all just dumber for it. Because uh, look, I don't care about the first 47 minutes and 30 seconds of that game. I really don't. We need to talk about the last half minute. The fact that it took eight minutes, or excuse me, seven minutes, I think it was officially, seven minutes from the time that the call was initially made until the review happened and the review concluded, it was seven minutes of real time. That is an unholy amount of time that I feel like fans in the arena should have gotten money back for. Like there should be like time, like, like you should get money back for your time being wasted. And I, that's because that's what happened. We all saw the call. We knew LeBron was out of bounds. Everyone in the arena, if they were looked at the board, could see the replay that, that they showed. Granted, they showed it one time because I, you know, it defies logic there. They showed it one time. You have it on the monitor in front of you. We're all looking at it. There's like five or six of us looking at it going, He's clearly standing out of bounds. I don't know what's taking so long. And obviously it comes down to it is, is that because he's standing out of bounds, but that wasn't the original call. The original call was Robert Covington deflected the ball out of bounds, which he did. Robert Covington deflects the ball and it hits the white line. It's out of bounds. Call on the floor is that Covington knocked it out of bounds. It was 100% the call. That There's no argument that Covington knocked it out of bounds. Clippers challenge it because they thought that LeBron was out of bounds. Long story short, replay comes back. He's clearly standing out of bounds, hand on the ball, right foot out of flat out of bounds. In fact, not just toe or anything, whole foot's flat on the ground. And the review takes eight minutes. I don't know why it took eight minutes, seven or eight minutes. I, I don't understand unless they were really trying to figure out. And this is the theory you and I've had. And we've talked about this over the last day or two. The theory that we had was, they were on the phone with Secaucus or on the headset with Secaucus, New Jersey, the, the, the replay headquarters, trying to figure out if they could go back and assess it as Clippers ball because of the fact that he was out of bounds before Covington was out of bounds. And lo and behold, Tomer, apparently you can. And it's the right call. So I don't know why anyone is booing it or thinks it's egregious. It's the absolute right call. Well, I don't want to interrupt your um, your little monologue here, but if, if if we're talking about the Lakers giving back money to fans for wasting their time, uh, they might not be a billion dollar franchise anymore. So, uh, damn, that's off this year alone. Uh, damn, I've had I've had I've had good friends have been one of my best friends. Now they feel like they've lost years from their lives watching this team this year. <laughs> it's actually uh, it's it's something. Um, no, it's, it's, it's going back to the call. It was absolutely the right call. Uh, it was something that we, you know, I think when I was sitting there, I was, I was telling you, like, we sat next to each other, unfortunately. Um, and I was saying, I don't know Thanks. that they can go back. Oh, absolutely. I, was like, I don't know if they can go back and review that because they, I've never seen them go back and change a call like that, like a second before. And then, um, and then I guess, you know, I, I don't know if you saw George Sedano's tweet, but, uh, he was saying that th 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 what he was understanding from the officials at the moment is that they considered it a sequential, like it, it was all part of one sequence. 
And so that's where they were able to go back and change that, which was, again, the right call. Um, and they gave it back to the Clippers. And not that it really mattered because uh, eight seconds of game time and like 15 minutes of real time later, uh, they got an eight-second violation. The Lakers got the ball back. So it's not like anything really big happened, but, um, you know, definitely it, it was a rough ending. Uh, but I will say, like, the final 30 seconds of that that game took 20 minutes. And the final 20 seconds of Nets Bucks the next night on Saturday took the same amount of time, 20 minutes. So a uh, bit of a rough ending for national TV games um, this weekend. Just, just, just a all around rough, rough ending to these games. Boy, it's a good thing they they took away a lot of the official uh, reviews that they could do at the end of games, right? Like the out of bounds. Because remember last year, it was it was oh, officials can trigger. Uh, replay reviews on the side the final two minutes which is how it should be because you shouldn't force a, a coach to use a challenge however it worked out for the clippers because ty saw his challenge and and he was able to challenge it and he won the challenge but for the love of god can you speed up the process just a little bit like i don't mind them getting the call right like if it takes five five minutes to get the call right okay i get it but it shouldn't take you five minutes to get a call right when it's plain as day in front of you and that's what I think kind of drove me insane is that like, we all saw it. It was, it was, it was clearly on the screen in 4k in fact, and we could see it and it took seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. I think, again, I think we, like we talked about the, the biggest issue is they, they were, I think they were just going back and checking if they, if they were actually able to, to make that call. I, I'm I'm convinced because it was very obvious that the wrong set out of bounds. I just think they wanted to see in the rule book if they were able to go back and actually make that correction. It's like it, it would have it would have been. I mean, look, e- either way, one team one team and their fan base is going to be upset about that call. Um, but I I think um, it would have looked weird for the NBA if they if LeBron clearly stepped out of bounds and a half second later they couldn't review that because of some rule. You know what I mean? So I think they were just basically looking at the rule book trying to see if they could do that, and they could. And, um, yeah, that's what took the bulk of the time. But, uh, I mean, Clippers grinded out a, a, a much-needed win, giving them the tiebreaker. Um, well, clinching the season series over, over the Lakers and um, holding a tiebreaker if that does happen, which at this moment does not seem like it will. Um, and uh, uh, Clippers, Clippers are in a good position. They, they – uh, they won the Rockets game after that. They have another game of the Rockets, another game of the Lakers this week. If they can go four zero this week, like you mentioned, um, poof, they they could climb all the way up to seven uh, with the, with some of the schedule, um, you know, kinks that the, the Timberwolves have left. So uh, anything, I think there's a lot still on the table as far as where the Clippers could finish. One last thing, and then we'll move on from from replay gate or whatever the hell you want, camera gate, whatever, out of bounds, whatever. You know what it reminded me of. Honest to God, this is what it really reminded me of. Do you remember, was it last year or the year before? It uh where Pat Bev, Pat Bev deflects the ball off of LeBron for like the potential game tying or game winning three that LeBron had that that night. And he and he knocks out of LeBron's hands and it flies out of bounds. Initially called Laker Ball, and then they reviewed it and they found out that actually it last went out on LeBron. And then national media all day next day, thanks to Nick Wright, who, and I don't care how bad this sounds, is the biggest idiot I've ever experienced in the social media sphere and on television, who started a thing where he was just like, that's against the spirit of the rule and, and all that, like that whole crap. 
like they got the call right. People are people are pissed they got the call right. And that is not how it should be. That like that's just what it reminded me of. Like, if they get the call right, that's fine. My only gripe with it is it should not take as long as it took. It seems very clear that what, what if if I'm able to if you and I are able to look at something twice on a replay. Right, but it's not that's not what took so long. I, I don't no, no, I don't I, I understand. I understand. I like I think this was a different situation than that one. This one on, on Friday night was we think and this isn't we don't know for a fact, but we think that they were trying to clarify with Sakakis that they in fact could go back. Now, whether or not that was in fact what happened or not, I don't know, and we don't know, but that's what I think happened. I'm just talking about in general, like it shouldn't take that long. Like that should be something that should already be known. There needs to be someone there who, who tells them that is, that is able to be like changed and reviewed and it needs to be more streamlined. It shouldn't take seven minutes and completely like make every player on the court ice cold. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but the NBA has done a good job of of reducing the amount of reviews that, well, one, the amount of reviews and two, the amount of reviews that even take a long time. So, um, you know, I think you're bound to have one of these, you know, probably per season. And, and I would also say, uh, at the end of the day, at least the call was right. Like you would hate to have a, a, a three minute review with a wrong call as opposed to a seven minute review with, with, with the correct call. So, I, I mean, I, I was fine with it. I don't think it was, it was that bad. I, I mean, in the moment it seemed, it seemed like a bit, like, like a bit too long, but again, if the importance is getting the, the call right, if that's what the priority is, then, uh, I, I'm fine with it. By the way, shout out to Bally Sports because Bally Sports had the angle that actually showed from the baseline angle that he was out of bounds. Uh, ESPN had an angle, and I think Spectrum, I, I'm not entirely all the way sure on Spectrum, but Spectrum's angle didn't wasn't the same as Bally Sports. Bally Sports had the replay angle down low on the baseline to show that he was out of bounds. Uh, Spectrum and ESPN didn't. So, you know, I mean, credit to Bally Sports. They had a camera literally in the correct place. Um, cause that was a one in a million shot actually. Um, moving, moving on to Sunday night, the Clippers played another bad team and beat them by the skin of their teeth. They beat the Rockets 99, 98. Um, it was 99, 95 before I believe it was Garrison Matthews hit a three at the buzzer to make it a one point win. Yes. Um, but the, but the Clippers started to eke it out and it reminded me, uh, in my, I have it uh, for people who don't know, I have podcast notes that I jot down on a Google doc. And in the Google Doc, I, I, you know, I have it jotted down that uh, Ty talked about it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. And he said that before Friday's game against the Lakers. The quote was, we just got to approach it like we have been approaching every single game, game by game, and just trying to win a game however we got to win. 81-80, 80-79, or 150-149, to it doesn't matter. Just win the game. That is kind of our motto this season. Well, Tom, they're just winning, grinded out, gritty, ugly basketball games. It kind of reminds me early in the season when this was taking place, where we kept looking at each other going, how the hell are they doing this? And But they're doing it. It's not pretty, but winning often isn't pretty. And sometimes you just got to get an ugly dub and just roll with it. I mean, is that not basically the, the motto or like the epitome of this season for the Clippers? Um, ugly games, ugly, be, be ugly. <laughs> yes. That is the motto. I mean, well, I, I mean, just like, just win whatever, like at whatever cost It's just like they've, they've had so much go against them. And, uh, 
they re- repeatedly just find a way to get it done. Like, it's funny. Th- this team has been so, um, I don't, uh, it, it almost, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a, like a douche, but um, you kind of forget that Kawhi and PG are, are on this team sometimes because they ha- we've had to deal with this set rotation. We've got to cover this team with a set rotation for so long um, that we just, like, I, I don't know. It just seems like, when I cover this team, like I don't, it's hard to to imagine like plugging Kawhi or plugging PG here. Like it's like this is who they got, and they just got to play with this. And uh, if anything changes, something will change. But until then, like this is kind of just who they got, and they got to roll with it. And I think they've done a good job of kind of uh, accepting that and um, and and having that, you know, just relying on on the guys they do have, and, and you know, um, having each other's backs, um, if, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense. It does make sense because. Like it really reinforces that this team, and for the lack of better phrasing, has great vibes. Everyone buys in, everyone knows their job. It's okay if they don't play at the end of every game as long as they win. And the vibes are always unreal on this team. Anytime you hear anybody talk about it, you hear Reggie talk about it, Marcus, Rocco now. Um, you know, you hear Amir, Terrence, etc. I could go through the whole whole team, in fact. But like anyone who talks about it talks about how great the vibes are on the team and in a season in which nothing has gone your way from an injury standpoint, Kawhi out for the whole season so far, PG, who the hell knows when he comes back. Um, Oh, I guess while we're on the topic, PG's MRI update came back and he's feeling better, but not cleared to return or do activities. So, I mean, there's no real timetable. Ty said there's really no timetable yet. I just, I think they're they've run out of runway. I, I just wouldn't expect them back, would you? I uh, I would say Oh, that's tough. I, I, I really don't know. I, I have no clue. I mean I think I think if there's no if he's able to, you know, if we see good enough progress by um you know, maybe in two weeks or whatever. Uh, you know, what was the next TNT game? You said they got a couple of them left, right? If Chris Haynes comes on TNT and gives them some good news, uh I, I could see it. I could see it happening. Um, but it, it's, it's right now it is tough to see. It, it's tough to see it right now. Um, just because you, you don't want to risk him coming back. If, uh, if Kawhi is not going to be back, if you don't think you can actually make a run, like there's just so much to account to take into account. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think you could still see him this season. Um, but I think they'll definitely prioritize his health, uh, before anything else. Uh, especially with, you know, not knowing Kawhi's status right now. So, yeah. Look, I just want them to get healthy. Um, I don't even mean for this season. I just mean in general. Um, there, there's really not much to talk about from the Rockets game, except Vita Zubats had arguably his best game with the Clippers. 14 rebounds. I'm sorry, 14 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, and a career-high six blocks, including... The game-saving block, which was originally called a foul, challenged, overturned, and became clipper ball on uh, Christian Wood's potential game tie-in layup with about 16 mm-hmm. seconds to go. Evita Zubat's fans have been hard on him at times, but this is a lunch pail guy who comes to work every day and does his job, and he's totally fine not playing every, all the minutes. But on a night like tonight, this man deserved all of the minutes that he got. I think he played almost 35 minutes. You know, he became one of like eight eight or nine Clippers uh, or like the eighth eighth or ninth instance of a Clipper ever having the stat line that he did. 
um, you know, just incredible worker. And these are the nights, you know, a late February game against a bad team on the road when things aren't going your way. That's the night when you when you get good dudes who can step up in a variety of ways. And Avita Zubats did that. So I just want to shout out Zoo. Um, as far as the two games, man, what has there been that you've liked out of the two games? Other than other than obviously the obvious, which is at least they won both games. What have I liked? I mean, Terrence has been playing well for a while now. Um, I think the team's overall uh, team defense has been um, we, we've seen them um, step up in big situations, uh, get stops when they need to get stops, whether it's, you know, late in fourth quarter or whatever, what, what have you. Um, they're able to, um, they've been able to do that the last couple of games. Uh, I think that's just been, uh, I don't know if it's been impressive, but it's been, it's been important, uh, especially with the Laker game, uh, you know, not having a letdown with tonight's uh, Saturday, Sunday's game. Um, and it's going to be important moving forward as well. So, I think just the overall team defense, you know, Robert Covington coming in doing his thing. Um, that second unit has been has been um, for the most part good coming out of the All Star break. So um, I think that's kind of what, what I've liked the most. Yeah, they're going to have to find a way to continue giving Covington minutes. Um, I, I I don't. It's hard to say because like you don't want to come at the expense of other guys because other guys are very helpful. Like Amir Coffee was helpful in the fourth quarter against Houston on Sun on Sunday night. You know, Terrence has been helpful, you know, all season long, and especially since the trade was made uh, to, to make him the backup point guard. You know, Nico's been helpful all season. Marcus has been a, a very big offensive weapon. I, I'm unsure. And like, for instance, and then you also got Zoo tonight. Hartenstein had a good game tonight um, in terms of the offensive end. So it's hard to pinpoint and say, this is who should be losing minutes in favor of Rocco because everyone does their job well most nights. But that might also be the way to figure it out, right? It's like, okay, who really, whoever is really playing the best that night needs the minutes. And some nights maybe that's not going to be Rocco. But the stuff he does, it really feels like every time he's on the floor, he just makes so many plays that help you win the game. And I don't know how you keep him off the floor, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you wrote a... Uh, a piece about him and how he's, you know, his hands, um, literally, uh, and yeah, literally. he's been, he, he's been, he's been, yeah, he's been hard to keep off the, off the, off the court. Um, cause he just creates so much, including, I mean, I, I can't stop talking about his off the dribble game. I mean, it's something that's really taken, uh, taken me aback and, and kind of added another, another kind of wrinkle to what they can do. Um, you know, not only, not only off the dribble, but like kicking out, uh, driving kicks, um, getting to the free throw line. He was good at. Um, he's been good at whenever he needed to. So, um, just just an overall, um, yeah, you got to find minutes for him. I don't know how. Maybe you, maybe you kind of preserve Nico down the stretch here because I know he's been struggling with his shot a bit of late. Um, maybe you try and preserve him and kind of go with Rocco, the younger guy. But uh, you got to find minutes for him for sure. Yeah, you get the. You have to find minutes for him. I don't think I don't know if it should come at the expense of Nico, but one of them needs to be on the floor at all times, and that's kind of where I'm at. I really do like the Rocco Terrence pairing. I think that's good. Um, it's just going to be rather interesting to see how Ty kind of walks the tightrope and making sure guys get their minutes 
and not alienated them. But to be fair, I don't think you could alienate people when you're winning basketball games, especially if everyone's also still getting minutes. They're basically down to a nine-man rotation, which in a weird way, I mean, I guess injuries have kind of helped them there. Otherwise, they would have a 12-man rotation you'd have to figure out. How do you figure that out, man? I mean, he'll have to figure it out. I don't know. He'll have to. That's Uh, why he gets paid the big bucks, I guess. Yeah. Um, And I I, I mean, I do think that's a very good problem to have, though. Uh, It's... It's not ideal most nights, but it is something that you um, you just want to have the ability to go big, go small. Kind of why I thought they should they should have kept surge, uh, just because of the potential playoff, um, uh, it, you know, matchup that he he can create. Um, but it is what it is. I I think you know even though it's a problem, it's a good problem to have. So, um, you know, you, we'll see nights like that that uh, second quarter of the Laker game where. Um, Marcus and Nico won't play, and he'll let the second unit write it out. You know, he said Marcus, Tyler said Marcus Morris kind of suggested uh, letting those guys run it on the court. Uh, I think I think you'll see more of those. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more of those uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, credit to Marcus because that just tells you everything you need to know about the vibes on the team. Is when basically your top scorer right now is essentially just like, dude, let the other, let these dudes play. Like we're like, it's fine. I don't need to play at all in this quarter. Same thing with Nico at that point, you know, it's like, no, 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 let them go. We're fine. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, what has there been over the last two games and coming out of the all-star break that you haven't liked, if anything, did they have a, a scoring lull against the Rockets? They did. I don't know if they really had a scoring drought per se. The, the first half was rough offensively. Okay. The first quarter too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's not anything new. Like they were, they were doing that before the All Star break too. So, the last five minutes of the first quarter, they scored four points. Wow. So, I mean, and and even stretching into the into the second, they ended up scoring like I want to say like six points over like seven minutes or something like that. That's yeah, that's that's rough. Um, against a bad defense, mind you, like the literal worst defense. Yeah, I, that's the thing. This this. After beginning the other night, this felt like a potential kind of letdown game, um, where you you knew you knew you knew this kind of thing would happen. Like I'm not surprised at all. You knew this kind of thing would happen. Uh, blowing out Houston the way they did uh, the other night uh, before the All Star break was not going to happen again, uh, just because you don't you just don't beat teams like that over and over again, unless you're I guess Phoenix. But um, yeah, you, you knew today was going to be a bit of a tough one. And uh, it was, but they were able to come out with it on top. Uh, was a four-point win. I think they, they also missed a bunch of free throws. Yeah, they shot 20 of 28 from the free throw line, which you make a free throws. It's probably not that close of a game. You probably have a, a bit of a buffer um, at some point in there. But, uh, yeah, I, it's fine. It's, it's about what I expected. You're going you're gonna to have some games where you're, you're, it's going to be ugly, have some games where it's, it's going to be really pretty. Uh, but all in all, just, just got to win these games, you know? To be fair about free throws, the Rockets missed missed seven of their eighteen. So like, I can't really, I I can't really give the like I can't, I can't look at it like oh if the Clippers made more of their free throws it'd be a lot more comfortable game because I could say that about the Rockets too. But I will say, the only gripe I really have with them in the two games so far, at least in, since the All Star break, I their turnover problems have been bad. They turned the ball over 15 times against the Lakers. They turned them over 18 times uh, against the Rockets on Sunday night. The Rockets got 23 points out of it. You know, Houston only turned the ball over seven times. The Clippers were kind of lucky to win this game just based 
off off of turnovers and how many threes the Rockets made because they made 17. So, you know, it was a gritty win by the team, but like they need to, they need to cut the turnovers down. Reggie had five. Uh, Isaiah had three. Zoo had four. Uh, but Zoo and Isaiah, a couple of their turnovers were illegal screens, so they're dead ball turnovers. Marcus had three turnovers. I think one of his was an illegal screen. Amir had two. So, like, if they can, if they can take it from 18 to 12, and while six doesn't seem like a big deal, that's six extra possessions. That's six extra scoring opportunities, you know, whether through free throws, field goal attempts, you name it. So I would like to see them clean that up. Um, look, man, they play Houston on Tuesday night. If they beat Houston again, they'll go to 3-0 and in the season series because the season series will be over at that point. Um, they'll be 33-31 and if they beat them going into the game on Thursday against the Lakers at home. There's a real chance over these next several games, which are Houston, Lakers, Knicks, a road game at the Warriors, uh, second night of a back-to-back, but at home against Washington, at Atlanta, at Detroit. These are real chances. Those seven games, there's a chance. I'm not saying they will do this. I'm just saying there's a chance they can go five and two or even four and three. If they get to four and three in these seven games, you're talking about them at 36 and 34. And I will take them being two games over 500 70 games into the year. And I feel like from there, while the schedule does get tough or a lot tougher, I should say, maybe you can kind of like work your way through it in a lot better way mentally than if you have a struggle and you have a letdown against Houston, a possible letdown to the Lakers who look like they're cooked. We have LeBron tweeting at Bill Orm for some reason after a game in which the Lakers lost by 30 because, you know, everything is cool in the world within Lakerland. So, you know, if they have a letdown to the Lakers, you got to avoid a letdown to the Knicks who look like they're ready to just go on vacation too. So, look, if they take care of the next three games, three very winnable games, I got to say, I like their chances at an 11th consecutive season of, a, of playing over 500 basketball. Tomer, do you have anything for the good people before we get the hell out of here? Uh, no, just uh, continue to enjoy this team, uh, do what they do without their stars. That's pretty much all I gotta say. They're very fun. They're they're maddening to watch because like you have to remind yourself, like, oh man, I'm kind of frustrated with the lulls that they have. And you have to remind yourself, yeah, they're also without like three of the best offensive players in the league. So it, it is yep. what it is. Yep. I mean, you you can't just gloss over that. Yeah, like you really can't. Like when you when you see five minute scoring droughts, just remind yourself, oh yeah, they're kind of without Kawhi PG and Norm right now. And don't ever forget J Scrub, baby, right? Wow, you're just gonna leave Jason Preston off like that? Okay. No, Jason I mean he, Jason Preston over here. Jason Preston looks like the like a professor, so I feel he has another job lined up. This man showed up to the Laker game in one of the greatest fits I've ever seen, considering his his the glasses he was wearing. I love it. This dude is amazing. Uh Jason Preston looks like a professor. Yep. Did you did you just look at the picture? Oh, no, no, I remember. I remember what he looked like. Yeah, like he he looked like a professor teaching a class. So, look, hey, maybe they get Jason Preston back soon, and then you don't need PG or Kawhi to come back, because then the GOAT will be there. Yeah, it's time to end this part, <laughs> buddy. All right, buddy. All right, guys, we'll see you later, probably later in the week. I don't know. We'll see We'll see what we have in store. Uh, Tomer, 
I love you, buddy. This has been fun. I'm glad basketball was back when we were able to be miserable next to each other inside crypto. That was fun. Well, speak for yourself. Jeez. Yeah, I wasn't miserable next to you. How can I be miserable next to you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I'll see you later. All right, man. Peace.